You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and my American accent is on point. Uh, my name is Stephanie, and I love heists. Heists are my favorite thing. <laughs> and we want to welcome back to the show executive producer and writer of this episode, Diane Ruggiero Wright. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I just want to say now that it's my final episode, I, it's kind of my finale. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> that I appreciate you guys so much. You guys have been just so supportive and wonderful, and it's been it's been really great. So I, I appreciate you, and I'm, I'm grateful that you've been doing this. Uh, and that you have other people on besides Bob Dearden, because I'm so sick of listening to him talk about himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't believe it's almost over. It's uh, it's craziness. <laughs> it's it's been five years. <laughs> so it's so funny because we do have the finale in a couple of days, but to me, <laughs> and maybe it means that I'm just so self-absorbed. But to me, you know, the episode that I did was <laughs> because I, I didn't really have much to do with the regular finale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was kind of Rob's thing. So. Um, to me, I've been kind of mourning it being over all week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny. I was I was listening to our last podcast with you today, and you you called yourself the fluffer for Rob's season finale. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's what I've always like historically. Even on when we did, you know, Veronica Mars, mm-hmm. I always did that. Sometimes we'd also write the finale together, but um, I usually have the penultimate. I usually have the second episode of the season and the penultimate. Um, but, uh, yeah, so with this, it's kind of, I think it's been that way every season with this also. Sometimes I wrote one in the middle too or co-wrote it, but, um, yeah, that's why I like to have the fun. (laughs) (laughs) I like to have, you know, the fun and also, you know, Rob had a very clear idea how he wanted to end things. And so, um, you know, he had an idea of what he wanted to do, and uh, I had an idea of what I wanted to do for, with mine. So mm-hmm. it was great because we got to each do our our thing, and I just pretend his episode doesn't exist. My, <laughs> 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 the show ended when uh, you know, with us going. I wonder what will happen to Major. We should get another season someday. Um, and then <laughs> Rob will tie up all the loose ends and make everybody hopefully very happy. We're all um, we're all very scared for Major. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. I could see why you would be. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what happens. I wish I could tell you. I have no idea. I really am that bad that I just, I'm like, I'm done. Bye. Bye, zombies. No, I know what happens. I'm just pretending. But um, um, yeah, it's so funny. Major at the end of this episode, I was like, whenever it's, you know, who, whoever's going to walk into that burning building, when it's, when, Major's always ready to kind of step in, so it's it is very exciting to to know that he's gonna he'll he'll rally. You know, mm-hmm. if anyone could be bloody and beaten, even though he's a zombie, so he'll ultimately be okay. <laughs> but like anyone who's that beaten and on the ground who could pick themselves up and make it happen, it is Major and Robert Buckley. Mm-hmm. 
We we actually had John Emmett Tracy on the show, and we were basically begging him not to kill Major. So, <laughs> luckily, it didn't happen in this episode. <laughs> Wait, who did you have? Oh, oh, Enzo. Enzo, yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> um, he's the nicest guy, he by is. the way. Yeah. I, it wasn't. For, <laughs> yeah, he's just a lovely. Um, I, I got to meet him for the first time last last season uh the penultimate of last season i think mm-hmm. and he's he's just the nicest guy for such a asshole on screen <laughs> a lovely man well we have you for kind of a limited time tonight uh so why don't we just get right into the recap because we want to talk about probably every single one of these scenes with you and in as short amount of time as possible if that can be if that could happen uh, we'll, we'll try <laughs> But, uh, okay, so uh, this episode starts with the title card, Down Girl. Uh, Liv gives us the recap uh, in her voiceover. Teacher's gone, dad's dead, uh, humans want zombies dead, zombies want humans dead, well, at least the radical ones. Exposition, exposition, yeah. exposition. It's good stuff, though. It's good. Yeah. I, like, I like that uh, she's trying to remain hopeful, you know, because like, yeah. like you wrote, what, what else can you do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. What else can she do? Mm-hmm. You know, there's not, she's, she's going to, she sees a light at the end of the tunnel and she's just going to, she's holding out for it. And, um, that's what we love about her, that she's not beaten, you know, mm-hmm. part of her wants to just kind of collapse on the ground, but she's not that girl. And also you're surrounded by a bunch of kids. So if you do that, then, you know, that's not very responsible or, oh, I don't know. I've done that before. That's just going to scare the hell out of me. I would be like, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. But, um, no, no. Um, yeah. I mean, she has, she, she's a girl who holds it together, but I feel like she also feels a responsibility to hold it together. Mm-hmm. She has a responsibility to be renegade. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that she's wearing this little lightning bolt t-shirt or it's not t-shirt. But um, shirt. It's so, yes. Yeah, it's so funny too, because when you do, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, uh, you know, our costume designer, Michelle Hunter, she, you know, shows us all these clothes and what do you like? What do you want to keep? And what are we going to be using? And, and the way it is in the, in the later seasons is you just pitch a, pick a bunch of stuff that you like. And so she, you know, doesn't have to come to you for every single outfit. And then maybe for the, for an episode, she'll be showing you stuff and you'll say, you know what? I'd rather have it be this or remember that other blouse or what have you. Um, and so there was a bunch of things that we hadn't used yet that I, that were in my, I love pile mm. that, um, but, and we had such a limited space because then she goes on this adventure. So, um, I had like my four lib tops that we didn't get to bust out and I had to, had to make a choice and went with lightning bolt. So, uh, uh what, what, I mean, what was, got, she, uh, she, she had, she had four fantastic choices as mm-hmm. always, cause she's brilliant. But, um, can you describe any yeah, of the ones bolt. that got passed over? Oh, there was another like funky kind of, no, you know what? I, I don't think I can. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think right now. As oh, I said so that, there was another like fantastic, <laughs> well, there was another fantastic stripe situation but i really wanted to and we'll talk about this later i'm sure i wanted to have the well i guess you actually don't really see it but there's a um outfit that she wears in the comic that um michael allred uh has the it's like a black and it's on the cover of some of them Mm -hmm. too she's in like a black and white striped top with a blue kind of puffy vest and so we had that top and like versions of that top and um but we wanted putting coveralls over so you couldn't really see it so uh, i was like well maybe if we're not going to see it with the coveralls we could have it here but the lightning bolts work better 
Oh, that's cool. That's good. That's cool that you thought of that, though, because uh, and of course, yeah, the, the the cemetery outfit immediately stands out as a as a fan of the comic, you know. So, yes, Liv is uh, trying to be hopeful, but we see that uh, General Mills has sent Dolly uh, a bunch of guns and it's, it's it is looking a little a little scary. <laughs> um, yeah, things aren't looking too good. Ominous. So. We go to uh, – the next scene is uh, – the title card is Doc Blocked. I just like wrote in my notes, man, I'm going to miss these title cards. <laughs> They're just the best. I'm going to miss them. It's funny because John Bellina, yeah. who is a, a writer on the show, the final season, he, he started out as a writer's assistant who's kind of like my – he's a, a dear friend and has always – even though he was only technically a, a writer on the uh, – well, he wrote an episode – the previous season and then was a full writer, full staff writer on the final season. He was just a, a huge part of the show from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote almost, he wrote so many of those title cards. I mean, he was our go-to guy and he always had the best ones. And while um, I was the most guilty of always just going to him for a title card, <laughs> I really wanted to at some point have some that I was proud of that I wrote myself. <laughs> and I was I was pretty proud of a couple that I came up with um, for this episode, but I think John still might have had the best one. And now I can't remember what it is, but you'll, you'll oh, tell oh, me. Oh, I wrote them all down, part. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty p- proud of uh, Doc Block. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that a John or was that, a, was that you? That was me. Oh, yeah. that was you. Okay. Very proud. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. that was that was me. <laughs> yeah, it definitely made me giggle. <laughs> yeah, if there's a pun on cock blocked, chances are I'm the person who wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ravi breaks the bad news that uh, the recipe for uh, the tainted utopium is now a, being basically sold to this place, the big pharma company, Medivac. Saxon's going to make a bunch of money. Uh, and instead of making a cure, they're going to push out this uh, – uh, treatment uh, for people and just make it make a ton of money off of it. So this is a uh, very disappointing. Were were you uh, were you trying to comment on anything in the uh, the news these days? Or <laughs> I mean, I think we all kind of. I mean, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, I think we're all thinking about you know that asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just. It's insane to to think that people could be providing human beings with the medicine they need to to live, and instead they're just looking at how they could make an enormous profit from it. Not only a profit, because you can make a bit of a profit, but just really needing to make bank is just in, insane. Yeah. And uh, yes, we were we were definitely trying to to comment on that. But I have a feeling those people aren't watching. Right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and, and it's just just the fact that you know New Seattle is under like nuclear threat. Did I say nuclear right? Uh, that they're under uh, you know the threat of a nuke. Um, it, it makes it even grosser that you know that they're going to risk you know millions of lives. I don't know how many people are in New, New Seattle at this point, but uh, at least hundreds of thousands of lives. Uh, just to make some money, so uh, that's gross. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's sad to to think of how much it relates to what's happening in the world today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how money? I mean, just don't get me started on the NRA, but just yeah. um, mm-hmm. how 
the almighty dollar just becomes so much more important than people's lives. And, and we're, we're growing so accustomed to that. And yeah, it's, I wish I was more articulate and expressing <laughs> it's, it's, how I feel it's about really it depressing. without, I just, just, I just, there's just a, a, a long train of thoughts yeah. that I yeah. can't say, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So, so yeah, this, this really makes a, a really great emotional moment between, you know, Ravi and Liv. I thought this scene was awesome. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad that you liked it. It meant it was a, an important scene to me. Um, for the show um, and for Rose and for Liv, I wanted I, I, this whole episode. I kind of wanted to. I call it my kind of one of my bucket list <laughs> episodes. I had thought all things that I had wanted to do that I had wanted to do. Pardon me, and um, not only things that I wanted to do, things that I wanted to see, things that I, I, as a fan, I was hoping to have, but also moments I wanted to give our characters and our actors. And I really wanted Liv and Rose to to have that moment where they were like, no, I am so done with this shit. I have done this for five seasons, and there's no way... Uh, this ends with us on top, not with the assholes winning. Right. And, uh, and I was so happy to have that moment, and, and Rose knocked it out of the park, and it was... I thought it was really great for Liv to have that and to see that. I think it's so... That it's her determination, because she's determination that has been keeping things yeah. going and and I also thought that it just takes one person to just say no right. I'm not letting this stand I, I think it's so you can uh, people. Oh, I'm sorry go ahead no I was saying and that saves you know can save so many people yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so meta for the show, this speech, too. I love that you guys, you know, it's like the show has been fighting every season to get renewed. And finally, it, it almost as, you know, you know, uh, Liv declaring it from the story, screaming, you know, for season five to happen. I want this over on our terms. You know, we're not going to get canceled. <laughs> it doesn't just end, you know, with without the story ending on their terms and, and them getting their lives back. I, I love it. Yeah. Yes, that's great. Oh, I didn't think of it that way, but that is that is pretty fantastic to think about. Like, yeah, no, it's not going to just end. No, you're right. I didn't think of it that way, but that is now it feels even more satisfying to me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, so yeah, we start getting into uh, uh, heist plans. We have his Zone 19 and, um, and Charlie, who we've been talking to over Skype, uh, presents the first complication that there's a retinal scan. And I love this line where it lives like, I, I cut a dead guy's hand off and wore it around in my belt. Well, Major actually cut the hand off. <laughs> and just Charlie's reaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Liv is, like, when Robbie's thinking, like, we can't do this, I think it's also right to point out everything that she's already done. Yeah. Like, look what she's done. She's done so much, mm-hmm. and she's um, been a badass in so many different ways that her being up for this and ready for this is, um, I think, true to the character. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that she's kind of pointing out her, her bona fides. <laughs> <laughs> she's pointing out, like, yes, I could do this, and I've done, I've done a lot before. I should tell you, I, um, I lost my mind during this episode oh, really? because I... Because, well, because I knew it was my kind of finale for the show. It was the last thing I was going to be writing. And, you know, we were also doing Veronica Mars at the time. So Rob was kind of 
you know, John Embaum was running the show and Rob was kind was over at um, Veronica Mars. And I was like, while the cat's away, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just do like John is one of my oldest and dearest friends. And he very much was like, oh, great. Diane's here. Mm. She can do her thing. And I could, I've got so much to do. And and I was like, the world is my oyster. And I just went bananas and wrote like this 90 page movie <laughs> John came in the room and he was like what the fuck Diane what do you think this is I'm like I, I don't know I don't know I was so excited that I got to do what I wanted that I just did what I wanted and um, like you would think it was my first day writing TV uh-huh. I had it was ridiculous um, and, and luckily not a friendship ender um, but uh, but the, the movie version that I had um, there was a whole there are scenes of Charlie and the um, the janitor where, you know, Charlie and her sister did kind of a switch with him. Oh, and wow. there, there was a whole, like, we, we condensed it a lot. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, you saw them actually getting him to the point where he got the GoPro. I, I did, like, every step. I wrote a scene <laughs> for every step of this. It was insane. But, um, yeah. But then it just got to got cut to just two pe- watching two people um, have sex via a mop bucket GoPro or a spy pen actually. Yes, and, um, I was gonna say Veronica would be proud. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I one of the things that I love to do when you have any sort sort of amateur like am- amateur heist person or amateur detective or anyone kind of going into something like that is just to think about like, well, we don't know what we're doing. Like, what would you do? Like, what, if I had to do that, if I had to get, what would I try to do, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so them brainstorming was um, pretty fun and they did such a great job. Um, I, I love the scene when they're watching the, the footage and reacting to what they think is happening. So and, um, <laughs> yeah, He's hugging her again. Happy. <laughs> So yeah, I love uh, you know you don't you you get this actress uh, for just a moment uh, on the camera, but the look that she gives <laughs> whoever's holding the spy pen was pretty funny. She's like, "Hey, you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, I think that actress is actually a good friend of Rose's too, oh. and I felt bad because she came into audition. And I was like, "Rose, we're not going to." At the time, um, uh, I guess I hadn't made it clear that we weren't going to see any. I didn't want to see any of the footage. Um, I just wanted the whole thing to be played on Riven and Ravi. Yeah. Um, but then the director felt like we needed to see a, a little of it, and rightfully so. And I was glad because then we got to see this girl who came in and auditioned who we couldn't have seen otherwise. So. <laughs> yeah, use the uh, the term uh, philandering janitor, which I thought would be a great band name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, what, uh, like the fans like to call team, no secrets, uh, team, no secrets assembles, uh, and, and Liv and Ravi give Clive major and Peyton the lowdown and, um, and they come up with this, uh, great idea. It's like, uh, well, and it's funny because you, you think that maybe, uh, this would be employed, you know, many times before, but it, uh, but it, it's, it's lovely how it comes in in the finale. It's like, yeah, we're zombies. We could just, we, we don't know how to do this. So we'll just get the right brains that know how to do this and, uh, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah, I mean, I really, this goes back to the I wrote a movie thing. I really wanted to do Zombies 11, and I had originally 11 brains oh, wow. that I wanted them to split between each other, and it just became kind of ridiculous. <laughs> like, Diane, you know, it was, I was like, but I only have one episode. I got to do everything I didn't get to do that I wanted to do. There's so many things I wanted to do, so many brains, you know, so I, uh, there were 11, but um, another thing that was important uh, that I think the fans uh, did notice is that it was, I wanted to see all of our people together again yeah. in one yeah. room and one scene and seeing them interact with each other and, you know, Liv, the, the series started with, you know, Liv coming home and her friends and loved ones are on the couch telling her, like, doing an intervention and yeah. I liked having the kind of the bookend of it being like her friends assembled on the couch and Liv is telling them how she's going to save the world, you know, Um or at least Seattle, yeah. her world. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I love that scene. I've loved having them all together and uh, very much <laughs> did a parody of um, that, of uh, that. The, I think it was the first Mission Impossible, where he gives that speech, you know, complete with the uh, relax, much worse than you think. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really kind <laughs> of, it's an homage. Um, but, and they all did so great. Uh, it was it was great to see their different reactions too, and it's funny. I, I had to really the editor John. Um, you know, you, you kind of want to go to different reactions of to get all the many reactions that your actors are having in close up. But I I kept saying, please let's stay in the wide yeah. <laughs> because I just want to see them together. I don't want to see them cut together. I want to physically see them together, like I'm yeah. in the room with them. And so it was kind of a departure for how we usually cut a scene, but it was, I liked seeing them all. Yeah. And it's interesting to watch because you can look from each face and they're, they're all doing, they're all reacting, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like Peyton had all these great arm gestures (laughs) that you would have missed. Like she's so, she brings a great physicality when she's, you know, to, to, to different scenes, especially when she's not, um, Especially when she doesn't have a lot to say, she's still always kind of doing something with her body. So it's so great to see her reacting. Um, and yeah, I just I really enjoyed the scene. Yeah, I do like how uh, they go. Well, uh, Peyton, Peyton, you can you poke holes in everybody's ideas. That's your job. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is funny because I think that was verbatim what I said to John Embaum. When I was pitching it, <laughs> like my idea is to go off the reservation and have eleven brains, and you're here to tell me that I can't do it. <laughs> you know what I was? Um, oh, Steph, were you going to say something? Uh, what I was thinking uh, would possibly happen, and I'm not sure if this was in the back of your minds at all, or even if it's coming in the finale. Uh, that Clive uh, was thinking, you know, what could he do to help? And you know, some more of that comes later in the episode. But I was thinking, maybe this is the episode, since they know that this is for a cure and this is to save, you know, everybody, that maybe Clive would want to get scratched and get his own brain and help out that way. Oh, yeah. No, that didn't. Whoa. Wow. Um, <laughs> and I could have really done Ocean's Eleven because I could have really took the brains a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> My theory was that you don't need, you know, we're zombies. We don't need, we just need the right brains, right. dot, 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 and Clive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and like, Clive, to me, he doesn't need, he needs his own, like, the ultimate brain that you need is his yeah. brain. Like, he's got it yeah. all. So, um, uh, 
both both Clive and Malcolm. <laughs> so uh, I would have him if I had to break in somewhere or I had to do anything. I would I would call anything that required many skills. I would call him. <laughs> so um, yeah, but that's a that's an interesting idea. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't write the show. <laughs> um, I, the next title card. Okay, so whose is this one? Feed us heist superstars. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bolina. That was Bolina. Bastard. Uh, it took me a minute. I was like, feed us. Hi- oh. <laughs> so. Uh, I got to say, my wife and I have recently, like in the past few months, uh, just started watching American Ninja Warrior. Uh, we we It's something that we could put on when the kids are around, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. we were so charmed that they got an American Ninja Warrior brain. Uh, to, to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Again, going with that, I wrote a whole movie. Uh, I wanted to, you know, we had a lot more action in it. So there were things that they did that actually required yeah. <laughs> the brain. We don't really see a lot of it because we just didn't have time and we didn't have, you know, there wasn't enough time in production for us to do like some major stunts. But I do, I also think for the characters, to have that moment where they're doing this and then just being so pumped about it, but also so promoting of the other person. Yes. Like I, I don't watch the show very much, but when I did catch it um, again, similar to you, it's something that you can have on with your, with your child. And my son is really into that. And he's, he's into the one that the rock has because he's super into the oh, rock. Yeah. Yeah. As the person who is competing is doing their thing, the people on the ground are so invested and so supportive and so like, you got this. Like, just, Mm -hmm. like, everything is so life or death. And, like, they've worked so hard for every single moment. And I feel like that's what it was for (laughs) Livin' Robbie. Like, they worked so hard Mm -hmm. for every moment of the life that they have and worked so hard to save Seattle and get this cure and all the things that they did that them that every moment does matter that much. And so I, I really I, I liked that about that brain. Exactly. I mean that yeah, that's the, definitely the thing I, I was like, okay, American Ninja Warrior brain, so they're gonna need it to do some you know, you know, super heroics or whatever, you know, as close as human as possible. But uh but then, you know, later on in the episode when they're pumping each other up, I was like, That's American Ninja Warrior too, because they all compete against each other, but yet they're always like behind each other as well. They're always like you said, standing yeah. and cheering each yeah. other on. So So we're in Donnie B. Goods now and uh getting these brains. And I love that uh, Donnie – Donnie is so – like he's downtrodden from his recent loss, but he's perfect as the annoyed waiter as well. <laughs> it's like he's got a reason to be yeah. so downtrodden, but he's also – it's just perfect like, yeah, yeah, what, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yes, as, as a uh, you know former waitress of I think 16 years or uh-huh. more, uh, I, I think he nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and – so we have this great moment where Blaine steps out of the shadows and tries to tease Ravi and Ravi is just like, you have no power over me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. I mean, I was, that's something I really wanted to, uh, to do once to see Ravi just be like to own his position and have finally gotten to the place where he's no longer jealous of Blaine or sweating Mm -hmm. Blaine where he's just confident in what he has and that he just kind of takes him down not by insulting him even though he does kind of by saying he'll wind up with Donnie forever but by just 
by just expressing his own truth, which is, I, I've i got the girl, so you could just sit there and spin and snark and do whatever other crappy things you're going to do, but I am with this amazing girl, and she loves me, mm-hmm. so no wonder you're so pissy. Mm. Um, and it's funny, too, because I, like, I... I'm not a Twitter fan. <laughs> I don't do well on Twitter. It's just, it's, you know, some, I go on it when it's my episode and I like to like try to live tweet, but it never works out. And I also, you know, it's great when somebody likes something you do, but when somebody doesn't, you're just like, wait, what? Uh, and yeah. someone had an issue with it. Someone had an issue with the scene and I just did not understand. Like oh, they really? were, yeah, they were, they were like that Robbie wasn't, it wasn't earned and there was no character development. I don't know what they said. I, I looked at it and I, my jersey went up and I wasn't thinking rationally. <laughs> but I, I felt, for me, not that we should give that person any more of my uh, heart because yeah. <laughs> it does. It breaks your heart because you're like, I was trying to do a good thing. <laughs> um, but I thought, uh, you know, Robbie, I thought it was a good moment for Robbie. And I, um, I thought it was a good moment for Raul. He did the heat. It was so amazing, and he played it so well. Of that, you know, you get. I think sometimes what happens too, like with jealousy, is you get you get locked into being that jealous person. It becomes like Pavlovian that mm-hmm. you're so used to your reaction to it being "I'm jealous" or "I'm hurt" that you forget that you've moved past it. Like you, you forget that you're no longer angry about something, or that you're no longer, that doesn't really bother you anymore. Like, you've yeah. moved on, but you're yeah. not having to move on. Like, when you lose weight and you're still acting, like, oh, I can't wear these jeans. It's like, oh, no, no, I can wear those jeans. Like, <laughs> it's like that. And um, I think that's kind of what happens And to me in that moment where Robbie's like, wait, this is, why am I sweating this, this evil asshole when the woman I love loves me? And yeah. um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I thought the actors did uh, a great job and uh, you know a thing that, uh, that I, uh, I sound like such a jerk here's all the things I like that I did but here's the list how many hours do you guys have no I um, you know the episode means a lot to me I've been working on this show you know co-created the show I've been working on it for you know five seasons I, I, I said this the other day that you know when we shot when we started writing it my son wasn't even a year old yet and yeah. he's now six and a half you know, I was watching the, watching the, uh, my finale when, um, you know, he was laying across my lap and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, God, you were like 14 months when we shot this pilot. So your most of your whole life has been with your mom doing this zombie show. And, and I hope I get to do something so cool when you're old enough to appreciate how cool it is <laughs> because it was incredibly cool and such a great experience. But, um, anyway, I digress. Um, uh, I was talking about, but, oh, to me, Blaine, one of the things about him being bad and his mm-hmm. issues with Robbie is that he really did love Peyton, and he really is, at that time, was trying to be good, and then when it backfired because he wasn't truthful, and there was a, there was a chance he could have been a good guy back back when he's with Peyton. That could have been, he could have been the songbird with the hot lady who loved him. And Blaine could have, it could have been something else. But his past caught up to him and he went, he reverted back to bad Blaine and then has just gotten worse. But I think to him, Peyton still symbolizes what's human in him and what's, what's good in him. And he's still fighting with that, even though he's being so bad and it's clear that bad Blaine is back. 
Did I say that right? Bad boy in his back. Mm-hmm. That you still see it, and David Andrews is so amazing that I think you still, even in that scene with Robbie, and he's just saying, you know, he thinks it's stuff to live about, you know, that she has a new boyfriend, knowing yeah. that he's killed her boyfriend. Yeah. And he, there's there's an, there's something defiant about it, and I think he's just still working through his rejection. And on some level, and I think you still see it all. To me, I see it in, in David's performance. There's even the reason he's such a good bad guy is because his bad guy has layers in his performance. I mean, he's just he's got so much going on. So I thought he was great, and I and I liked uh, again. Here's all the things I did that I liked, but I liked, <laughs> we'll agree. I liked I liked how Donnie. Um, how uh, I liked how he delivered the his hair makes me so angry line filled me with joy. <laughs> well, yeah. Speaking of Blaine, I mean, uh, Blaine's hair is pretty great too. I don't know how he does that, but it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I also think it was fun too for, for Liv and Robbie, like as a cu- to be ordering brains and kind of like bickering as a couple, like yeah. having a beat. You know, <laughs> it, it's just that having. I like to see. I like, to, like I said, the, the fluffer for Rob drama uh his his big episodes i like to you know have the fun in mind and look at it as like what would be fun to see and anytime you get to have them have fun together they're they're just so great together that getting to see them you know have have a little fun when they're interacting is Mm -hmm. is all as a fan i want yeah, I mean, because it's, you know, in, in planning this, he is constantly challenging, you know, whether she has the right idea or not. And uh, <laughs> I, lo- I love how they're just the, the back of the bickering, you know. Uh, I can understand yeah. uh, some of the uh, ravioli fans out there might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so we go to the morgue and uh, I love this payoff of Liv, Liv saying that uh, she traded the remoulade brain or Remelod rep- recipe to Ladome for the yes. Russian hacker brain. That was great. <laughs> I can't tell you how happy that makes me. I was so excited to have, uh, I love when anything is, you can connect anything to make you look like you know what the hell you're doing. Uh-huh. And I was so glad to, 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 to be able to do that. I was like, it looks like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's that great. Was, like, I'm glad people like that. Yeah. In 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 this episode, in the last, and I'm sure the next, I I you know as a as a person who loves the show and and you know rewatches is rewatches it uh, a lot. Um, I love hearing all this kind of like we've been through so much. We're wrapping up this. We're we're making references to things that you know only the the big you know the, the real fans will, will remember. You know exactly. So, yeah, it's like it's you great. want those little kind of insider rewards in a weird way, like. Yeah. Like that, you feel like I know that I know what that means. <laughs> I pay enough attention. Yeah. Uh, like you know, when Cl- Clive kind of jokes about how you know the the brain, one of the brains, he's he's asked you know telling them where it is that they're gonna remember they're gonna see him with a mustache. And it's like oh we've seen that you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean the thing too that um, about the scene is wanting to. Um, See, see a goodbye, <laughs> you know. Yeah. See, Liv and Robbie and Clive have that moment where, you know, the, where the show's ending, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of, for myself, selfishly, wanted to write the goodbye 
uh, wanted to see a goodbye, but I also wanted to make sure that our actors had a goodbye. Yeah. And uh, they're the three that have spent the most time together on screen wanted to, if, if like the, the dance episode was my kind of, before we leave, let's have a party. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this was the, I want you guys to be able to have a moment. Like it, it started with the, the three of you kind of in a scene and, um, uh, like I want you guys to be able to say kind of goodbye to each other, you know? And so it was, I felt important to have that, um, that scene in that moment. And Malcolm was just, it was so to me, it was great to have it come from him and have Liv and Robbie just be kind of in a positive place, not an emotional yeah. place, because then it would be so kind of, you know, it would be a little bit too much and that's just not my speed, but to have, um, you know, it come from this, tough guy who's not going to really you know share his emotions but it's going to be written all over his body and what he's kind of holding back is yeah. is really satisfying to me and Malcolm is just freaking amazing yeah I mean you know he's he, he comes in here and he's definitely looking conflicted but then Liv drops the, you know you're probably going to be losing his, a partner after you if you get this care in it but but it's not like she's mocking. She's kind of choking up about it as well. So it, it's so so emotional. And then Ravi offering the handshake and then getting a hug as well, you know. Is, uh, is yeah, I mean, I think he does think they're going to – I think he's really genuinely worried that they're going to die and that they're possibly worried that they're – I think they're also kind of worried that they're going to die. But they're like, yeah. we're in now and it's going to happen. And, and it's – you know, they're just trying to not think – that way but i think him thinking that way makes him a little bit nervous but mm. i also just think it's a very sweet gesture for him to be taking it on on himself to think like because he is the Clooney. like how can i help i can't be there what can i do to make this how can i how can i solve everything without being there to solve anything i'll get them this i'll do this you know it's him just yeah. constantly looking for a way to protect his friends and um i mean if you think about it there's a lot of kind of work that went into okay who's the right criminal is he dead where is he buried who do we have like that that took some like you had to really kind of go in there yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of paperwork that you have a lot of research you had to do to come up with those people and um it was very nice of him mm-hmm. good friend uh so we get this scene with uh, uh okay so blaine sends bubba after ravi so this is another like oh my god oh my god scene uh so, you know, Bubba's out looking for Ravi, but luckily Ravi is leaving. And then we have the, yeah, the graveyard scene, which, uh, again, is just another great, lit, like, we're wrapping this series up. Let's talk. Let's talk about, uh, you know, what, remember when I kidnapped you? I oh, never got over that. Or you turned me into a, a zombie without my permission. And, um, and, and gosh, you know, I, I just love living major together so much that uh, uh, this makes me and very this happy. Seems, and this, well, it, this scene makes me happy, but it scares me because I, this is the good, I feel like this is the goodbye, the emotional goodbye. Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, I think if you're scared, then I did my job. <laughs> yes. But maybe, I don't know, I don't want you to be scared. My, my takeaway wasn't to make you be scared. My takeaway was was yeah, they kissed. Oh my god, this is like I wanted you to be happy. So maybe I didn't yes. do my job. Oh, I mean, but, yes, but, I am happy, but ultimately, <laughs> I'm worried for Major. Oh, uh, I mean, historically, her boyfriends don't fare well, so yeah. I get it. But yes. um, yeah, I mean, to me, um, here's <laughs> here's what I wanted. Me, here's the thing that I <laughs> was hoping for. So, Liv and Major's relationship 
obviously a lot of love there, and he has loved her before. But the thing he's never done since she's been a zombie is accept who she is. <laughs> like, he loved her when she was uh. a zombie, but he was like, you know, I wrote another episode, and I can't remember what season it was. It was the one where she was the super the superhero. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the amateur superhero brain. Yeah. And when they had the breakup, he's, you know, trying to protect her. And she's like, I don't want you to, this is me now. Like, you have to accept me for who I am for me right. to be with you. I can't be with you if you're going to want me to sit on the sidelines. And so to me, that's the thing that kind of kept them apart at that time was he's an end also when he just kidnapped her last season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, he's always trying to protect her and he's always loved her the way he needs to love her. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been able to love her the way she needed to be loved or deserved to be loved. Mm-hmm. And and he finally, to me, gave her the respect that she deserved and in a way that wasn't lip service. Like, in that moment, he is genuine and being like, you know, you've got, you, I know that you have this. I feel safe knowing that you're out doing this and you're, you can do it. Where historically he'd be the guy that is, like, clocking her over the head and locking her in her <laughs> closet for her own good. Now he's wanting her to do her thing for the good of Seattle and, and, uh, yeah. And her response to that is like fucking finally, (laughs) (laughs) I've loved you the whole, this whole time. What I needed you to do is love this new incarnation of me and get that I am the badass I know I am. And now that he did, it's on, you know? Uh, so I, and also the thing about that scene is again, wanting Chris wanting to, in a weird way, I don't even know if they consider it a shout out. I told, I, I had messaged them that I wanted to do this, but um, you know, just having a, a grave digging scene and having them wear like the the outfits from the comic and having mm-hmm. trying to, we had a shot that was kind of similar to one of the panels, but we wound up not being able to to fully do it. But just wanted it to kind of be a a, a shout out to to the comic and to um, and to kind of origin of the of the the show the the grave digging and um and it just looked fantastic and it seems right that they would be kissing in a cemetery (laughs) (laughs) and that their love is death proof (laughs) and um seems uh kind of fitting you know i i i I want to be hopeful but at my last note for this scene is major and major and live kiss in a grave. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> so I really, really hope uh, everything's going to be okay. But obviously, you I do too. Like, as I said, this is my last episode, so yeah. I have no idea what happens. <laughs> yeah. sure. So, but it, whatever happens, it's all Rob. So we can, you know, take it up with him. <laughs> know that I gave you them kissing, and just you know, break him some hate mail or. Gratitude mail if it doesn't go south. <laughs> but I, I really, yeah, you did some uh, uh, great justice to uh, Major though, because gosh, he's so wonderful in this scene. You know, so. Yeah, who doesn't? I mostly had him say like, "You're a badass," because I just want to like have pretend he's saying it to me. <laughs> like if I could just look at like every morning, wake up to you know Robert, you're a badass. Like, oh, okay, I, I've got this. Yeah, he's so he's so great. He's just great. And everything, yeah. but um, 
yeah, he's great. He's great as a romantic lead, but he's also great in the in the action stuff. I want him to be a superhero so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robert yeah. Buckley, like I just like that's the campaign I want to start. Like make me a superhero. Robert, make Robert Buckley a superhero should be like some sort of hashtag or something. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he was great. He was he was great in the scene. <laughs> I love them together. So then we have uh, Clive and Dale's. Uh, oh, sorry, can I tell you one more thing? Oh yeah, please. <laughs> one please. of the first scenes we had with them. And the pilot is also there in front of a wall of, they're in a haunted house in front of a wall of eyeballs when they're having their talk about, you know, what's going on with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's also kind of fitting that their romantic get back together moment would be something macabre. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a great gift that came out of that scene that, that I use every once in a while. It, it is her standing in front of those wall of eyebrows, and it says, "I could care less." <laughs> I, don't know, I, I forget how the context is of the scene where that line comes from, but <laughs> um, okay. So Clive and Dale, uh, we get we get this. You know, and who knows if this is the last scene they're going to share together before you know the shit hits the fan uh, next week. Um, but I love also, you know, Dale is backing up Clive so much, you know, that she realizes, like, you know, you need to go do this. So. Yeah, Dale knows Clive so well that she knows what he needs to do before he knows he needs to go do it. And she's the best wife ever. She's the wife yeah. I wish I was. You know, she's, <laughs> she's so, yeah, she knows. I feel like she knew like five episodes ago. She's like, I bet you have, I bet you I know how this is going to go down. (laughs) She's she's amazing. And Jessica who plays her is amazing. And uh, yeah, I love, I, yeah, I love what they did in that scene. I I love how Clive is so genuinely preoccupied with his friends and she's Mm -hmm. so calm because she she knows she's like, you need to go. You're going to fix everything. But the, the thing I, I really enjoy is her delivery of that. Is there any part of you that thinks I can't handle it? And <laughs> and his no is so honest. And I think yep. the audience is like, yeah, Dale can pretty much handle any. Like with those two people on on point, I am feeling pretty good about Seattle's chances. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're both they're fantastic. So. So uh, we travel over to uh, Renegade HQ, the hub. Uh, as it's called, um, and Liv is giving babysitter instructions to Peyton, and Peyton says, "Take care of Ravi. I'm probably going to marry him." And then we get Ravi, of course, overhearing it, and uh, that's another great moment. Uh, it's just like squee moment after squee moment. I... <laughs> yeah, can you tell that I was just like, I want to have everything that I want. Like I just was like, I want to know that Ravi and Peyton are getting married before I stop. You know, before I fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so yeah, we did try to get everything, but I think it's also, you know, everybody's worried that the outcome might not be what they want it to be. So they're kind of going all in, but I also like Peyton being Peyton and knowing enough. That's like, now I know you're asked coming back. <laughs> like she does. She's like, there's no way I'm saying that. And you're staying and like, you'll figure it out and get back to me. <laughs> By the way, who wouldn't? You know what I mean? Oh, right, right. <laughs> I think pretty much everyone would figure out how to get back to to <laughs> Ali Michalka. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, Clive comes through the wardrobe, and we get this first uh, great Ocean's Eleven esque uh, music cue. Uh, and yeah. the, the music is great in this episode. I, I don't know if this is yeah, all you, Josh. I'm, Ramon, so or... I'm so excited about that because I. Uh, 
uh, yeah, gosh, I don't, I think, I don't know if it's the real song or if it's Josh, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm sorry, I should know that. Um, I just know that, uh, you know, historically my episodes have not been music heavy. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't tend to get the big songs. And I got, uh, last episode I did, I got some big songs. In this episode, I got some, like, kick-ass big songs. I was so yeah. excited. The Can't Help Falling in Love with You. I was like, really? I can keep oh, that? Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> And yeah, uh, I mean, you know, just talking about the music in general, the music towards the end of the episode gets just really intense and uh, it's not, it's not anything I've really heard on the show before, but it is definitely, uh, it's coming down time, you know, (laughs) Yeah, got a music. He did a fantastic job. He he really Mm -hmm. did. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Clive, one last hurrah with my partner and, uh, Robbie sings partners. Uh, (laughs) Just the big smile from Malcolm as they go to break there was also awesome <laughs> yeah i mean he's it's so great i mean it's it's <laughs> i guess so emotional about it because it's been such a great experience because you mm. you know you always you fall in love with your characters and you fall you love your actors and um part of the great thing about this job is you get to you get to write things that you want to see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. and so like Sometimes, sometimes you have to write things you don't want to see. <laughs> a lot of, unfortunately, sometimes you have to write things that you're like, really? That's what I have to write? But occasionally, you get to, you know, kick off some things from your iZombie bucket list. And, mm-hmm. um, and they always just deliver so beautifully. And getting to, yeah, that, that moment from him just makes me so happy. And I, I love it. Uh, so the next chapter title is Blames, Pains, and Automobiles. Uh, Since we named that character, I've been trying to get that as an episode title. <laughs> so I felt such a huge sense of accomplishment in that title. Even if it didn't fully work, it was as close as I was ever going to get, and I was determined to use it. It works for me. I mean, he's here to deliver some pain, and he, they're, they're in an automobile. So, <laughs> um, so uh, we get this line here from Donnie about uh, how Ravi is a Ricky Gervais face-making knob. <laughs> And I have noticed some uh, Ricky Gervais, uh, uh, you know, expression, Gervais-esque, I should say, expressions from Raul through the series. And, uh, you know, he's definitely uh, uh, talked about it on Twitter. I wasn't sure if you were kind of like, you know, obviously making a reference to that or if there was more to that. Yeah, I was definitely busting his balls about it because it's funny, the first time I ever heard it was from him. I never did the math on it. And then once he, you know said it, he could not unring that bell, and now it just busted his balls about it. <laughs> and, um, so I was happy that in an episode where he's, you know, going to possibly marry Ali Mishulka and mm. getting compliments on his hair and getting to best Blaine and getting to Hulk out like he wants, I wanted to make yeah. sure I insulted him with his American accent <laughs> and his uh, and his Ricky Gervais-ass facial expressions. Uh- but the uh, yeah the sweater and cords thing really works for him, and I agree. <laughs> uh, so okay, so we get a news report: the Sloan Mills Memorial is you know gunfire. The you know the the riots have pretty much begun. Uh, major rallies the troops, um, and then we then we go to uh, Hot Lanta, as Lib says, um, and we get sweet yeah, and that Sinatra. Was a big- yeah, that was a big uh, John and Bomb save because again, I wrote this whole movie and had all this stuff leading up to it, and, and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And John's like, How about we cut to this? And I'm like, yeah. well, that works. <laughs> I don't. I hate. I hate a prelapse, but John, 
John loved the pre-lap and he made it work. So did you have, uh, you know, them on a plane or them driving to, no, I had, I, had a bit, like I had a bit of road. I really, a thing that I didn't get to have that I really wanted was I wanted to see some of the road trip. I wanted to see them in a car. <laughs> I wanted a little road trip esque planning of the heist. And okay. maybe a little singing along to a song. Like, I wanted to get uh, all the stuff in there, you know? Um, if you could uh, have... Someone Louise moment. <laughs> if you could have Liv, Ravi, and Clive sing together a song in the car, uh, what would be one of your picks? <laughs> um, oh, uh, what would I have... I had it. Um, what was it? It was... Um, oh, Jesus. What the hell was it? My mind goes to uh, I Would Walk 500 Miles, but... <laughs> No, it was. Oh God, why is it? Um, oh, it was. I think. I think it was a Bon. It's me. So I think it was a Bon Jovi song. I think oh, it had been singing like. Living on a prayer. I think it had been singing "Dead or Alive" or oh, "Blaze of Glory." I have to look. Uh, have to look. It was something. <laughs> I, was it that? I, I can't remember now. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember. But I really wanted to just see you know Robbie in the back seat like the bad "Are We There Yet" kid. Um, while they're kind of planning the the heist and uh-huh. um, uh, just having them in a car stuck together on a road trip seems a lot of fun, but we didn't have time for it. <laughs> so okay, so we are in this uh, this little party here, and uh, Liv is in full uh, pickpocket mode, and she's just great. This this the uh, you know the oh wig and the, the fun dress, and then just the, the God. Why doesn't she have oh, an Emmy? So like she, just every episode, I, I she's do different. I do not understand. I do not understand. She's so amazing. And it's funny that wig. I really wanted her to have like Italian girl hair because uh-huh. I wanted to write the grifters like this Italian kind of grifter. And I totally watched that. Um, uh, I can't think of what it was. It was a Will Smith um, grifter was it movie. Focus. Focus. And there's a speech that the guy gives, and it's a it's totally an homage to that speech but then i realized like is it an homage if people aren't as familiar with the movie um or is that guy gonna watch it and be like did this bitch just copy it but i didn't copy it by the way i just it was it was an homage to it because i loved how he it was very well written scene and very well acted i can't remember what the actor's name is but um but yeah finding out all that terminology and everything i did a little bit of pickpocket research watched a couple pickpocket movies okay yeah, I was definitely um, gonna ask. I like to call like. it pr- productive procrastination. <laughs> yep. Like, what's leather in the pit? <laughs> um, leather in the pit means leather in your upper breast pocket. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, gosh, the the um, prat and uh, I can dip without a stall if you'd rather be my runner. But if I'm working single, I'll need to find a spot to dump my poke because I can't fit much more in this bra. <laughs> Yeah, the poke is the poke is the stuff that she steals, yeah. and um, the runner is the guy that you pass it to who takes off with it. Yeah. Um, the what is the, the prat? I think the prat is the. I, I have to look to see what the prat is. I don't remember. I had it all. I had the whole kind of lexicon written down for her. Um, it's sad, like with all of these shows, and even when I was doing Veronica Mars, there's so much that you have to kind of learn for for each episode, and I feel like I pick up some things, and then I they go immediately go out of my my mind but um we well, have a brain tube but, and you move on to the next episode right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly um now i'm determined to like uh remember what the prat is so luckily i have my computer in front of me so i will, I will while we talk 
So left is the leather and the pet, um, right is the prat. Both, I'm actually just adjusting my dress. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Some good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> she, she was amazing. I mean, I loved her on that brain. Uh, she's it, um, having, uh, you know, that was the thing too. It's like when you're at the end, having a, um, oh, the, wait, how Oh, the Pratt. Wait, what is the Pratt? I'm sorry. It's going to drive me crazy now figuring out what the, we're trying to oh, remember what okay. the Pratt is. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll email you. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, she was, she was especially winning in, in, on that brain. And it was great to have her uh, juxtaposed to how Robbie was being and, mm-hmm. uh, and how Clive was being. I, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, in this, I love this little line where she's putting the payload into Clive's pants and <laughs> he's like, Hey, Hey, we're in the <laughs> South. <laughs> um, yeah, that dress is pretty tight, so you can't really hide a lot in it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just thought that would be kind of fun. And <laughs> his reaction, that was so much like I was hoping for a lot in that. And he, it, it was even better than I had hoped. I, I thought it was just so funny. Uh, yeah, his line, I just made a terrible mistake. Is that an arrested development? Uh, <laughs> yes, that's the, an arrested development. Uh, and also, um, oh, the, okay, I know what the Pratt is now. It's when you put someone in the right position for pickpocketing. When you like, oh, okay. them in so that, that you get them in the right spot. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, it's driving me crazy. Um, yeah, we used to always kind of quote arrested development at, on different shows that we <laughs> did. Um, and that was just something that came up a lot in the writer's room over the, over the course of the original season. So <laughs> as like a reaction from him, like uh-huh. that not, in stage directions, but not an actual line. So right. good to have it as an actual line. So the next chapter title is Gladys's night is the pits. Because they are nice. in Georgia. Yeah. Oh, oh, because they're in Georgia. Uh, Gladys yeah. night well, her pits. name is also Gladys. Yeah. Gladys Knight. Yeah. It, it works on so many levels. So I'm yeah. so proud of it. <laughs> like I watched the episode with my husband and I was like, do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, Diane. It's no way really, I can pause while you so wait. Witty. He's like, it's so witty, Diane. I, I got it when you pitched it to me and told me how awesome it was. And I still get it. Um, <laughs> so did you like sit around and think of like, okay, what, you know, Georgia, Atlanta, what comes to mind? What, did you think of like reference? No, I literally didn't. I literally named her Gladys because it seemed like the like I wanted to have the. It was just a temp in the writers' room. We use a lot of temp names, uh-huh. and it was like okay, we wanted her to be kind of like a mousy cat lady, and so even though Gladys Knight is obviously no a mousy cat lady, um, mm-hmm. but so the name Gladys came to mind, and then we wound up just keeping it, and um, and it was literally when. I was coming up with the episode titles and watching it that it that it came to me and that's that's the thing that made me so happy is it was after it was after the fact that I did that oh. I'm dumb as a box of hair and I was like all right point one for me <laughs> so we get we now see Liv goes out and offloads her goods to uh, uh, Ravi and we get to see this brain for the first time which is just uh, the the piffs <laughs> so many piffs. That- um, that that scene uh, like almost got cut ten thousand times, and I loved it so much and didn't want to lose it because I wanted to see 
Liv and Robbie on battling brains, on brains yeah. that didn't work well. I wanted to see in the episode them have brains that worked super well together, and they were like, yes, and it's awesome. And then I wanted to see them on brains that could not work together. And mm-hmm. we just could not find a way to make it happen and to get it in the schedule and to fit into the episode. And I called the director, Michael Whale, who was also our DP for the entire season, even though he, entire series, even though he also directed, I think he directed at least one or two episodes per um, season. Um, I called him and I was, and, and Scott Graham, our line producer, and I was like, guys, this seems really important to me. I really, really want this. Do you think you can make it happen? And they were like, I don't think we can make it happen. And then an hour later, Michael Will called me and he's like, I found a way to make it happen. And I was oh. so excited. <laughs> um, and thrilled because it's really, I wanted, it, it was so funny, I thought, and the, <laughs> her frustration with him and getting to see him react to her and the music he was listening to and yeah. uh, it, it's just it made me so happy oh when he rolls the window up and, and you see her voice you hear her voice like <laughs> getting quieter and quieter she's behind the window <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so, it worked really well so uh meanwhile uh malcolm or clive is is getting uh, acquainted with gladys and her uh, cats that are named after atlanta braves <laughs> yes this is the early 90s uh, the 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 pitching roster. Oh, I okay. literally, yeah, I I don't. I will say I usually do some research, and I literally, I think I literally just leaned out of my office and were like, "What are the names of some Atlanta Braves?" And a bunch <laughs> of people <laughs> called up. I called out names, and I just wrote them down. And literally after it was shot, I was like, "Shit, I hope those people were right, and those are actually Atlanta Braves." Oh yeah. But, yeah, um, see, the yeah. early '90s the Braves pitcher pitchers were fantastic, and uh, oh. that was back when I watched baseball. I was going to say I don't watch baseball anymore. I watched yeah. it a lot in my younger days, so uh, mm-hmm. I, I I'm a person who, if I was going to reference a sport, would be talking about people from the late '80s, early '90s. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I like that she named. Uh, actually, <laughs> it's so funny. Jed Seidel, who was a writer on Veronica Mars. His mother um, had several cats, and they were all named after New York Yankees, and that's what the idea came from. So she, I think she had five cats, and they were all named after the Yankees. I, so. I was wondering if uh, something got changed here because uh, Clive guesses correctly that Aaron is an orange tabby, and we saw earpieces mm-hmm. before. So I was wondering if maybe in an earlier version that maybe Liv was feeding him this information through an earpiece. Yes, there was an earlier version okay. where she was feeding him. Yeah, very I was good. Like, wow, he really guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was also there was an earlier version where she was feeding him, and then there was an earlier version, much earlier version, where they had the car scene where Liv was in the car going through like a dossier on Gladys, oh, and okay. one of the things she was doing was doing like flashcards of the cat. For him, <laughs> so that was the thing that you know didn't make it also, but good call. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Gladys tells tells him that he's got that ass. That was uh, this this whole thing. I would climb you like a mountain. I would I would crawl up <laughs> in your lap and purr. So freaking funny. <laughs> um, the inspiration for that was um, I wanted to see how many facial expressions I could get from him. Like. <laughs> <laughs> for the writers, a lot of times, well, yes, you want to give him lines, and he's an amazing actor. We love the, um, there was a line in another episode where 
Dale says something about the bevy of facial expressions she just got treated to. Um, that's how it's always like, that's what, what it is. He gives us this like buffet of facial expressions to choose from. And so what I knew in this episode, I wanted to, again, have some fun. I wanted to see in this heist uh, type episode what's one of the tropes and it's that kind of fancy dress james bond you know yeah. uh, uh mission impossible like a uh, fancy dress kind of thing and see i want to see him in the tux like in the Clooney. and um but i also wanted to what what else is the wish fulfillment for me what's you know what else do i think the fans will enjoy and getting to see someone like really hit on clive and him react <laughs> i mean we've gotten to see him be sexy we've gotten to see him be with people but seeing him seeing him have to react to an unwanted advance seems like it was just <laughs> such uh, comedic gold for him. And yeah. I also, I also, he's such a great dancer. I knew I wanted to see him dance again and <laughs> yeah. trying to find a way to get him to dance again. So the idea that, you know, this woman, like he's reacting to this woman hitting on him and he can't just shut it down because he has to keep her occupied and that he then, you know, to keep her occupied without like having to make out with her, he decides to take her to the dance floor and all that does is make her be more all over him. So he has to actually like put on a show essentially to get away from her. And then he kind of gets caught up in the uh, attention of people. And it was, it's just, it's all just me trying to watch, just trying to get what I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> well, we and, wanted um, to see that too. And thank you for that gift. <laughs> I know I have to, but, and I, I know guys, I said this about the other dance thing and couldn't send it to you, but I have to like non cut down 10 minute version of it, which is just amazing. Cause I called Malcolm and I said, Hey, um, I want to do a dance thing in this episode. Uh, and I told him what happened. I said, I want it like not a full magic mic, but I wanted to get to like, <laughs> you're dancing with her. And then you wind up kind of dancing on your own and kind of getting caught up in the moment and putting on like a little like showcase. <laughs> and he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And he went off <laughs> with his friend and he like choreographed this thing. <laughs> and then he sent me the tape and I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. We totally don't have time for it. Like we just needed a little snippet, but I was like, I, this is all I want. This is, should be the entire episode. Like let's just <laughs> cancel it and just do this. Um, and, and I love that Liv is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's just, and that Gladys, actually I have to admit that Gladys has my favorite line of the episode when she says that she, uh, that he was teasing her and she booty called her business manager <laughs> making so happy and she she was so great but um yeah i thought it's, it's just so fun to see him clive who's you know so contained and have to react to that woman and then doing his dance routine just made me happy <laughs> Yeah, when those promotional pictures came out, and one of them was Clive with this whipping his jacket over his head. I, I, I was very happy about that. I was like, "This is it, right? Oh, this, is, yeah. this is the entire episode, right?" Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, I drove so my husband crazy because I made him watch. I mean, I don't really watch that much because you see it so much during, you know, post and everything. That uh, sometimes I'll watch mine when they're airing, and I'll tweet, and then but a lot of times I, I don't. And I, I watched this one like. I watched it like three, three times because it made me so happy. Like I watched it when it was on and then I made my husband watch it with me and pointed out all the things to him. And he's like, yeah, Diane, I get it. Um, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and then I watched it again the next night, just again, because it made me so happy. Um, and yeah, I mean, just him with the jacket over his head and looking around like at all the attention he's getting, like him letting loose 
You don't get to see him let loose, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you and got Brickhouse. Yeah, him letting loose while he's being the Clooney yeah. when he shouldn't be letting loose is kind of also amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have some more of uh, Ravi as the uh, a Russian guy. And I just love the security, like the how annoyed he is with the security guard, and he lets out this ish, <laughs> which uh, just cracks me up. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. so annoyed with having to wait. He was so great at the Russian uh, person, the Russian tradesman persona. Yeah, um, yeah, it made me really happy. <laughs> And it was good that you kind of commented on the fact that, you know, maybe somebody at the CDC might know who Ravi is. So you had a little scene with Vanessa here uh, and he has to yeah. be very honest with her. Yeah. It's again, like looking at a scene of like, what's the worst thing that could happen? And like, so, so it's like, okay, he's there. What's the worst thing that could happen? Like, mm-hmm. what would you really not want to have happen? Have someone recognize you? Who's the worst person to recognize you? someone that you had sex with and blew off <laughs> who, who, who was like to me it's like who's the worst you know thinking on like who's the worst worst person like someone who has an axe to grind with you whatever but like someone who you slept with and blew off who's also wanting to unpack it <laughs> you know it just seems like um uh yeah so but it ended um, up helping I, was worried about, I was slightly worried about it because i was like oh man i have gladys who's you know very coming on to Clive and then we have this girl who's like tell me why you don't like me and I was like oh is that bad but yeah. um, but I think they were both like Gladys is like just sexually secure and ready to booty call whoever it's like when Liz says thank you she's like yeah I get it you're gonna you know she, she <laughs> while she welcome. was originally conceived this way she's not that like she's got it going on she's fine she's like she's good to go so um, <laughs> yeah so then I felt better about it <laughs> Yeah, and that yeah. was also a much longer scene. Again, in the movie I wrote, <laughs> basically what happens is that girl winds up helping Ravi. Like she follows him in. Like he, she's basically like he thinks he's done with her, and then she's like, "So what the fuck are you doing here?" And he's the Russian part of his Russian brain. And the idea of the character I had was that um, he was just no bullshit. <laughs> and so yeah. he's like, "Uh, here's what I'm doing." And and so the audience would be like, "Oh." fuck, he's just ruined everything. And instead she's like, okay. Like, so this girl just so wants someone to be honest because she's been so bullshitted to that she's like, okay. And then the next scene is like them in the office. And as he's hacking, she continues to kind of like unpack stuff. And it was, I found it fun, but we didn't have space. And honestly, I I think if, you know, if she was, you know, a rational uh, and sensitive person, if he explained to her, like, I'm here to help people. I'm not here to, like, destroy things. They're going to make money rather than actually saving people. So. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. I just going back to the Clive thing, I, I, I. Made a note here. I, I said, I love that Clive Brain is screwing things up for once <laughs> with the, uh, the whole jacket coming <laughs> off and all that. Yeah, he lost his mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So the next chapter is X marks, marked your spot. And uh, wow, this is uh, not this the best is... one. Not the best one. But <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is quite a scene. Uh, with uh, you know Blaine forcing his way into the hub and uh, murdering Stan and yeah, Peyton at Stan. gunpoint. Well, yeah, we knew um, that this had to happen. Somebody coming into the uh, the hub, finding out, you know, it was bound to happen. 
Yeah, I think it had to happen. I will mm-hmm. conf- I will confess, guys, that um, I confused the actor that plays Stan with a different actor that I wanted to kill. Oh, really? And when I saw this scene in Dailies, I was like, that's who I killed? I love him. And I was like, <laughs> that I killed him. But then I realized, like, oh, it's probably better that I killed the guy that I love because, uh, yeah. um, you know. The audience um, probably does, too. <laughs> were, were you thinking about yeah. killing the teacher or? No, I can't. Uh, yeah, no, there was another act. I can't remember what the character's name was. I'm horrible, but I can't remember him. But I, I just wrote the wrong name. And uh, everybody was like, oh, Stan, that's great. And I was like, oh, okay, great. And then I was like, oh, wait, shit, that's Stan? Like, I, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm half an idiot. But, um, but yeah, the scene, I mean, again, to me, um, I like that, you know, I, I think, with the exception of being the bad guy, our, our main cast kind of all kind of get like a moment of being heroic or attempting to be heroic in this, you know, having a moment and, and Peyton, like, standing out. Like, her first thing, her body language is to stand out in front of the kids. You know what I mean? She doesn't, like, hide behind the couch. She steps towards and puts her arms out, like, protectively, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the scene, even though Blaine is being really evil, obviously, is it's all about him and Peyton. <laughs> like, yeah. in that moment when he's saying, he still thought I was a good guy, so did I. Like, if... Uh, if he's there, this is a reaction also to not only did someone steal his money, it was Ravi who also stole his love, yeah. and now she's there uh, being a part of it. It's just a bridge too far for him, but he still loves her. And so she's like, well, you're going to shoot me. It's her calling him out on the fact that he that she knows he had real feelings for her and that he still does, and that kind of just makes it worse because he's just like, you know, he can't handle that. And uh, so to me, the scene has a lot more going on than I think maybe some of the fans thought, but um, I have to, that's why I'm never going to Twitter again. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, but I thought, you know, I thought it was really like Blaine being like, I'm just taking what I want and that includes you was like, oh, fuck. So Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it, it, it's scary when he comes in there, and uh, but it, it's definitely even scarier when he real you know when he pulls a gun on on Peyton because like j- that's just you know really stepping over the line and really kind of you know I don't know uh, killing your darlings is what comes up to mind you know like he's getting he's he's pushing through the thing that uh, you know he loves to become this this evil guy or insist that he's this evil guy at least. And uh, yeah. and how mad he is about it, um, and he's so mocking too. This pretty, pretty, pretty sweetie honey baby thing is uh, uh, it's pretty, pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, I had a person who used to, I had a friend who used to talk like that, and whenever he he did it, it was always like like fun dismissive. But mm. I was like, it's fun dismissive until you're being condescending and then that's like the dickiest thing to say <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like the shiny baby sweetie and um yeah he did such a great uh he did a great job of that uh, uh but it, it is a, a pretty powerful scene and uh, i mean we'll see where it goes uh next week uh, I'm, I'm yeah i mean that's what you guys should be, no, i'm not saying that's what you should be worried about as in i know something because i don't know anything but that's what right. I, my takeaway from it is like oh shit peyton that's yeah. gonna get that that's not good 
but um, uh, again, I know nothing, so don't worry. Um, well, we're worried about everybody. Yeah, <laughs> serious finale. Nobody's you can do good. anything you want. <laughs> yeah, I also like that this added like because we wanted the you know in the movie version stuff at the CDC was much more scary. Like there were armed guards, and I had this uh-huh. whole crazy thing that we couldn't do. But um, I wanted to have like our fun, but then also have some stakes and something that you're like oh shit and that you're really worried about but that is also also has to do with our characters our character stories and so while this is yes about the the kids and his money and that whole storyline to me it's more about Blaine and Peyton oh definitely so yeah Blaine ends up saying uh we'll make room worst case scenario you could sit on my lap which is (laughs) yeah it's so upsetting uh, I wrote it and I was like, ew, really? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the next scene is when Major gets caught in this explosion. And uh, again, I was like, no, 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 don't kill him. <laughs> and uh, and it's Enzo and his gang. Well, actually, it's the dead enders and then Enzo ends up saving them. But uh, everybody betrays Major and uh, Major runs for it. So I, I love yeah. Enzo's rad new jacket, by the way. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I'm um, actually Bob Dearden, who I love to pick on, actually wrote that scene for me. Oh. Um, yeah, that's the scene he wrote in the episode. Um, I'm like when it comes sometimes to like the Fillmore Graves aspect, when mm-hmm. it gets like Fillmore Gravesy and less fun, I I forget how to write. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and I kept being like, how do I? What do I do? And uh, he wound up just writing that that scene for me which was supposed to take place across a bridge and when major jumped into the water you were supposed to think that possibly he didn't survive because of how high the jump was even though that he was a zombie you would think if he did survive he's going to be stuck underwater uh, forever you know supposed to be more uh, of a big deal and we couldn't get that location so we had this location so i was concerned that like when he runs off into the water you're like well he's right there guys what's the problem (laughs) you know (laughs) but um but it's still you're just like oh everybody has turned on him and yeah Mm. concerning i i do wonder where hobbs and joyce are these are two other fillmore graves characters that you weren't there and don't seem to be on Enzo's side, but I expect Hobbs to completely betray Major at a moment's notice. <laughs> but I don't know about Joyce seemed nicer. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh all right, so so yeah, uh Liv and Ravi and Clive prep for the heist. Liv is happy that Ravi's gonna finally be on this new brain. And so yeah, we're we're now going into zone nineteen. We have Charlie in the, the garbage bin, the racist security guard. Um, but, and then, yeah, this is where they, they're on the Ninja Warrior brain and they're just like getting psyched up and complimentary before they <laughs> sneak in. Yeah. The racist security guard came from a, <laughs> a racist delivery guy. Oh, I was at, um, I forget what studio I was at, but I was there like kind of signing in and there was a, a African-American woman behind the counter and this guy came in and he's like, how's it going, Lola? And uh, or Lala, La, I think he called her. How's it going, Lala? And she's like, uh huh. <laughs> he walked out, and I'm looking at her, and her there's a different name on her name tag, and she's like, there was a girl named La, a black girl named Lala who worked here like five years ago, and he calls all of us Lala. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. And she, like, you could tell she didn't even like look up. She was just so used to his bullshit. Um, and 
I was like, you should call, you have to just start calling him different people's names. Like, you, have to, you can't let that slide in some way. You have to, like, and, but she was, she was hilarious about it, actually. Um, so that's, that's how that idea kind of came to me of, like, how is he going to be able to get in without having to change his face? That's brilliant. Idiot, like one <laughs> racist idiot who doesn't, uh-huh. like, get it. <laughs> And so, uh, so they use uh, the retinal scan again, and Ravi and Liv are high fiving and posing and congratulating each other through the commercial break, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the next chapter title, I actually w- wasn't sure about: "Brains on Fire, Strong Desire." What, what is that a reference um, to? That's from Bob, and um, it's a reference to a song from uh, a Rocky movie. Um, oh, "Hearts uh, on Fire." Hearts oh my on God. Fire, Pure Desire. Yeah. I it was Rocky Four. Yep. Um, Bob and I are both big Rocky fans. Though I am too. Like I, I'm not, but I can't remember what saw, what what, what your, uh, installment that was from. But he uh, sent me some chapter titles, and he kind of put that one in there for my amusement, and I <laughs> was thoroughly amused. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So the 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 whole uh, scam is set up where. Uh, you know, he Robbie pulls the drill out and says, "Let's hope this works." And you're wondering, okay, he's going to be drilling into this vault, uh, but it, it's it's a setup um, to yeah. Get and there was a whole a, yeah. It was a much more again in the movie. Um, <laughs> Charlie and her sister were both there, where they planted the first person that they kind of hid was Charlie, and then the person that sneaks in is her sister. So her sister gets caught. And uh-huh. they think that it's all safe because they've caught her and they don't realize that they've left Charlie in there. Like it was a kind of switch and bait so we could see both twins at the same, you know, kind of playing a part of it. And mm-hmm. it was just a much, a much longer thing that we didn't have time for. And then this, um, this was actually the solution that John came up with to save my overwritten <laughs> oceans zombies 28. <laughs> Wait, I, was that the reason why um, Charlie got a twin earlier this season? Was that you were looking ahead to maybe using that in a, in a later episode? No. What I like to do is then make it look like we knew what we were doing by <laughs> taking advantage of it later. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, it looks so smart. But um, but it didn't – it wound up not uh, uh, working out. Uh, meanwhile uh, – Bazio is surprised to see Enzo take over the television, and this is very, you know, owing, harkening back to when Chase takes over the TV. Um, but it's much more threatening, and yes. uh, we see this these two dead enders, or Romero being tr- ordered to scratch one, and it does, and then boom, that former human goes full on zombie and attacks his friend. I, I was wondering, you know, always till the end, wondering about zombie rules. If Romero scratches you, is it more potent? <laughs> well, it, this is a different kind of one. This is the one that the dad trains. Like they're they're right. different zombies, so it's oh, yeah. more. It is more. It's yeah. It's more potent. Okay. Uh, yeah, because he just like freaks out and immediately attacks his friends. Yeah. Yeah, that was really scary. Um, so uh, yeah, so Dolly says it's this time. It's it, now it's war and time to recruit everybody. But we want to go back to Atlanta to see what's going on with them. And uh, yeah, Saxon comes in, lives holds them by gunpoint, and the, the the security guards that were following Saxon drop to the floor. Just so awesome, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know, just beat by yeah. Beat. Michael shot that so cool. He did that. Yeah. He did such a great job at that. 
and uh, and Robbie immediately rubs in and saying that uh, he was the one that called Saxon down. My American accent is on point. <laughs> yeah, that was me busting him about Supergirl because I was so <laughs> I don't know why, but I got so territorial about him being on Supergirl. I mean, obviously, I want our actors to work like crazy, and if you're not working for us, work for somebody. But for yeah. some reason, I was like, really, you went on Supergirl? Like, I was so like <laughs> jealous. I mean, I'm happy that he went on it, but I was also like kind of jealous, and so I just would suck with him and be like, well, at least you were really bad on it. Like, I would pretend that I hated him on it. <laughs> I would just kind of like joke. Well, at least it ruined your career. Like, I would just like kind of. <laughs> joke so I put that in there to bust his balls <laughs> before giving him what he wanted because he wanted he had asked me about yes. reaching out and um it was an important uh the Hulk was kind of an important uh show for him and his dad it's something they would watch together and something that he um is very dear to him and so when he first um became a part-time zombie it was you know reminded him very much of of you know the whole character and of David Banner and um, I almost said Bill Bixby. How funny is that? Um, and <laughs> and um, so he called and asked me if like, can Robbie rage out. And at the time I was like, ah, shit, I don't know. I guess yeah. Let me figure it out. Let me find out how to get there without having to. Like I, I, I my first instinct was like, give me a minute to figure it out. And then I was like, oh, okay. This will. What, what's going to make Robbie rage out? And um, that guy's plan seemed to, to work well. Yeah. Saxon's just... crazy trying to recruit him to the other side. Like that oh. guy in his face admitting to fucking him over and fucking him over for money and thinking that he was going to be interested was just right. too much for him. Uh, and, yeah. And, and it's great. I didn't even, I didn't even put that together that it was a, an incredible Hulk moment until I saw, uh, Rel's post about it, but, uh, it's, it's brilliant. I used to get so scared watching the incredible Hulk as a kid. And when Bill Bixby's eyes freak out like that and, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was so yeah, it's scary. Funny Cause like whenever, whenever there's a moment, like it means something to one of the actors or something that they want and they want to accommodate them, but you also, because it's never just from a place of, you know, I want to look like this. It's usually from either a place that's important to them personally or something that is important to the character that we haven't delivered on yet. And so I take it very seriously. And, um, uh, but you also want to be like, well, I can't just do that unless it's earned. Like I have to, if we're going to do that, we have to find something that I believe would make him do that. And so I was glad that we, like I was like, yeah, I totally think that would make him like lose it. So I was happy that we found it. I actually was like, can Rafi just can you kill him? <laughs> so I was like, no, Diane. I'm like, come on, like have him like let's do something really shocking and have Robbie just like rip him in half, like rip his arm off or something, oh and then never really talk to me down. <laughs> I mean, he comes pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Uh, Liv says we did it, Mission Possible, baby, and then calls Major, and now Major, sitting bloody and dirty near the water, has a has a mission to to get into Fillmore Grays and get that Max Rager. So, uh, yeah, go dot, Major. Dot, dot. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> Diane out. <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, you're going to be watching to find out what happened, or <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> oh, this is nope. It. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really like people don't take me seriously, but I'm like, I nope. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I'm that selfish that I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm done. Bye. No, mm-hmm. um, I just, you know, uh, uh, yeah, obviously it's the finale of this show I co-created and I'm just kind of busting around, mm-hmm. but I literally had nothing to do with the finale. <laughs> 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 I got to stop saying that. All right, so let's do a little feedback. Uh, here's some thoughts from the users of TV Time. Uh, this is an app where they can stream our podcast on there. So uh, these are just a couple of short comments. Uh, Milsana says, so much fun. They actually use their zombiness to their advantage in Ape Rain specific by for, for pulling off their heist. Loved it. Uh, Adabash says, I think I could watch an entire TV show with Ravi as a Russian hacker known for his piffed attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Burgles <laughs> so <can> Burgles <laughs> says Live in major endgame, thank you <laughs> uh, Crystal Bell 73 says Please don't kill major And finally here Hillamarack Says this episode is perfect I'm so proud of this show for maintaining Quality for five whole seasons which is something You can't say about many shows I'm so proud and satisfied with this show Obviously I'm sad it's ending but it's rare I ever feel like I'm happy with the entire storyline and the quality of an entire show. So that was Rob. That, <laughs> somebody, if he if he's registered under Hillamrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's cool. I'm glad they. That's it's nice to hear people being happy and liking the show. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like a jerk just talking about how much I love the episode, <laughs> but I love the. I mean, but it's it's. I just. Uh, I love it. It makes me so happy, and it does feel like a kind of full circle episode to me. Uh, and um, I'm glad that people enjoyed it. Uh, okay, and let's see. We have uh, Dave. Uh, um, I can read some of these stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dave says, "Well, we're finally here, so close to the end, and boy, does it feel like it." Uh, one last episode. I think we all agreed it was a bad idea to send back the sample to the CDC. Yeah, we were talking about that in the podcast. Um, yeah. Two, Liv made it clear she doesn't want to be a zombie anymore, and she seems to think that once a cure is available, that'll be the end. But I recall how in the X Men series, there was a large portion of the mutant population that loves being a mutant. I feel the same mm. apply here. Plenty of zombies might not want a cure. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I think there's some that might not, and uh, I, I, I see that. That's pretty interesting. I mean, Blaine in particular is who I can think of. You know, he didn't really like yeah. to turn back. Yeah, to I mean, that's why that was the whole his whole motivation for what he was doing uh, in earlier seasons. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Three, loved the playing up of the Mission Impossible gag, even in show they recognized it. Uh, four major and live making out in the grave. If that is not indicative of the entire show, but now, <laughs> after this episode, I'm most concerned for major. He better make it out alive. <laughs> um, I'm glad that people are so concerned, but I'm, I'm thrilled that people also like that scene. Yeah. Um, um, and you want to be concerned for him, right? It would suck if everyone was like, mm, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be pretty bad. <laughs> Expendable. Uh, no, <clears throat> Number five, uh, while we did not get a case this week, they were still able to find a fun way to show fun brain characteristics. Uh, six, Clive flirt dancing was a blast. Seven, great to see Dale again and check in with her. Eight, 
Okay, Blaine must receive a violent end, but I somehow have a feeling he might weasel his way out. And nine, damn Enzo. Major's finally lost con- fully lost control of Fillmore Graves and violence is erupting in the streets. This would be the exact excuse the U.S. military would use to go all nuclear on a nuclear in this, on the city. See you all next for the exciting conclusion, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Um, thanks, Dave. <laughs> um, this is also, I like this because I'm so scared when you said that you wanted uh, me to do this section. I, I, I was so terrified it was going to be just people. <laughs> people love this like, show. Why did you do that? Yeah, I was so worried. I'm a little Twitter shy right now, so I was a little concerned. But now I'm like, oh, great. Uh, my response is, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy you're happy. Um, watch <laughs> next week. Someone tell me what happens. Um, uh yeah, I mean, I I I agree with mm-hmm. everything. Well, you're gonna love this email. <laughs> this is it? from Efrax. Oh, Efrax, yeah. Uh huh. Hey, Robin and Steph, how the heck did they manage to fit all that into one episode? I'm guessing that Diane Ruggiero Wright must have thought she was supposed to write the. It's Ruggiero. Ruggiero must have. I've worked on she this. We're <laughs> supposed to write the penultimate. Ep- penultimate season of iZombie, not just its penultimate <laughs> penultimate episode. I do wish that we had more time. Gorgeous. Yeah, I do wish we had more time on every scene, but this was a master class in compressed storytelling. Um thank you. Not sharing that with John Embaum because I it was a master class on me not being condensed but John <laughs> making me be, um, um and pointing out that it could work out. Um but uh yeah it was uh, I'm glad that someone enjoyed it that much and saw and could kind of see through the fact that I was like, well, we're really doing this, right? Let's go all in. <laughs> um, yeah, I always do that. I always overwrite and think, well, let's just put it all out there and then we'll just cut the stuff that's not as good. Mm. And it never works that way because it's, you know, it, 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 once you kind of tie things together, you're always just kind of screwing yourself. So, you, so thinking you could just, you know, go all in and then trim later is just a horrible, horrible idea <laughs> that I know doesn't work after 19 years of doing television. But it was just so. Uh, but you know, well, I, I feel like that. I loved writing the show, and I wanted to kind of get everything I wanted in there. But I think you and Rob do that a lot. Have done that all through Veronica Mars. There's so much that happens off screen that you're like, oh, that would have been awesome to see. Yeah, and I was probably the person saying, like, let's see that. And Rob was probably saying, no, we don't need to see that. Let's keep <laughs> <Yeah>. moving. <laughs> can't afford that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the per- like, I, I mean, you guys see, I like, yes, I do like to have action, and I do like to have stakes as well, but I like to have fun, too, and um, so probably too much fun. So it's good to have that balance. Mm-hmm. Uh we lost stuff, but I want to continue the email here. Uh, I do wish. Oh, here she is. Hi, Steph. Sorry. <laughs> so I think I pulled my cord. Oh, okay. Oh no. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So do you want to continue reading if Efrex's email? Okay. All right. So Efrex says, "So glad we got some moments with our couples before the complete insanity kicked in." The the uh, Blaine and Peyton scene was just brutal. Can't wait for this guy to get what he so richly deserves. Enzo's bit of <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say that too. Like as much as Blaine is bad, and yeah, I guess he's horrible, and you do want him to get his cup come up. And I think we also kind of like don't we love him a little? 
oh, in a yeah. weird way. I don't know. Maybe I just do because it's David, but um, yeah. I've, I've definitely like, mixed feelings to, about it. Yeah, it's hard because you know you do. He's such a bad character, and you do want him to get what's coming to him. But then when he does, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. I wish which was I, w- I wish the thing that was coming to him was a personality altering right. <laughs> procedure. Um, like but, if he got amnesia, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they gave him a brain that was super nice, and yeah, then it yeah. stuck, and he couldn't <laughs> get out of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's torture for him, yet he has to be nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's getting punished, but also is behaving. <laughs> okay, Enzo. Uh, Enzo. Efrex continues. Enzo's bit of TV in- interruption a la Chase Graves was appropriately creepy, but I still would have preferred seeing Martin as the leader of the renegade Fillmore Graves faction. Is it even a faction anymore. How many soldiers are loyal to Major? Speaking of Major, is there something in Robert Buckley's contract that states that his character must get completely beaten up each season? <laughs> it's not in his contract. It's in his behavior. <laughs> and if he would just do as he's told, he wouldn't have to suffer the consequences of our wrath. No, um, it's totally not in his contract, but it's just always, it just kind of always works out that way, that we're always beating the hell out of the poor guy. Um, and he's such a trooper for it. And, um, I also am just as part of my Robert Buckley as a superhero campaign is that I want to just see him rise from the ashes over and over again so that people are like, you know, a superhero. All right. So Efrex finishes up with, I have no clue how this thing is going to shake out, but I'm glad that we're getting so much bang for our buck as the series comes to a close. All the best Efrex. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I'm glad you're happy. Um, let's Did you see, say his name was Egret? Efrex. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not even sure what it means. It might be just a like I have a, a voicemail. Screen name. I have a voicemail I'm about to play, and it's from a guy who calls himself X Force Eleven. So uh, <laughs> we'll see what he okay. has to say. I think it, these are screen names that go back to the beginning of you know <laughs> the internet. The internet, yeah. yeah. Oh. All right. Here is uh, X Force Eleven. Hello, Robin and Steph. It's Jeff X Force Eleven leaving my feedback about the penultimate episode of I Zombie. This episode was very interesting because you had the bleak and hard reality of what was going on in Seattle versus the fun, upbeat raid on the CDC and surrounding labs. And it was so wild to kind of compare and contrast those because I love the Ocean's Eleven shout-outs, the team dynamic, the different brains, even the Ocean's Eleven-esque soundtrack going on there and yet in new seattle you had major and peyton facing dire circumstances with fillmore graves and with blaine and donnie oh my gosh it was just so hard to watch i mean (laughs) ali's acting was excellent there so was roberts i mean it was just so good but so hard to watch and it just left me going oh i want to see what's next and well get to see that this week but i'm not sure if i'm ready for the season finale but those are my thoughts can't wait to hear what y'all's are x-force 11 out (laughs) um can he i kind of want to hear him 
give his thoughts on every episode because that was amazing. He calls in every, every uh, just about every podcast. So <laughs> just go back. Go He's amazing. I love him. <laughs> um, and he, he nailed all the stuff that I was hoping to accomplish, which was to have like the bleak and, and dark stuff and the dramatic kind of scary stuff and then have also the fun, which I think is hopefully emblematic of the series. So that's, um, that, that just, I feel like we, we were successful. So thank you for, thank you for that message. It was awesome. Uh, this next one's from Maddie. Uh, she says, hi, Robin and Steph. Once again, Diane delivers an emotional episode that elevates the stakes for the finale. This particular episode felt like a movie, not only because of all the references to heist films, but because it unfolded like one. The comedy, the drama, the fear of some of our protagonists not making it to the finale. The episode was so intense yet so perfectly crafted that it kept us on the edge of our seats throughout the whole hour. I wish we could have seen the No Secrets Club interacting more this season. Liv and Ravi's description of the skills of every member of the team brought to the mission reminded me of how much all of these characters have developed. Their relationships have only become stronger even though all even through all the hardships they face together. Clive, Liv, and Ravi's being the strongest relationship of them all, as pointed out by Bazio. Izavi brought three characters with such different personalities and created one of the most wholesome friendships ever seen on TV. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. I don't hate that. Um, that's great. Uh, I, I love that. Um, yeah, I wish we could have seen them together more also. Anytime we did, like, there was a last season, not, not this past season, but the one before when they were playing um, kind of gold. So I wish we could see them more as well. But whenever you have five people in a scene, it's five people you have to cover and it makes it take a, a lot longer. So you don't get to do it that often. Mm. Uh, Maddie actually continues here. Uh, to no one's surprise, the rest of the Fillmore Graves soldiers that were still on Major's side betrayed him to join Enzo. Those soldiers were never meant to be trusted. Just look at the fates of Vivian Stoll and Chase Graves. Fortunately, Major got out just in time, but who knows how long until they start looking for him. Who would have thought Enzo would be the ultimate threat to the humans of New Seattle? Seeing him announce Fillmore Graves' plan so calmly was terrifying. As for our resident bad boy, Blaine, I'm so glad they finally settled it once and for all that his only desire is money. He hit a new low and hopefully sealed his destiny. Anders did a good job of making him charming for five seasons, but we cannot forgive the amount of damage he has done. I know Blaine apologists weren't too happy that the script made it blatantly obvious that a redemption arc was never in the writer's plans, but some of the best villains are more compelling that way. You can still like a villain even when you know he is wrong. I'm sure you have something to say about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's funny. I would, I would not say that a redemption was never in the writer's plans. I mean, I know that there were definitely ideas that I had where there would be more redemption from him at some point, uh, uh -huh. but you know, you can't really, can you fully redeem from what you've done when you do something like you've yeah. killed a bunch of kids? Yeah. You've killed, like, can you redeem? I don't think you could redeem from that. And I think what you could do is try to and fail <laughs> and deservedly so. And I think that's kind of what happened with him. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's charming it's david anders it's like this attractive charming guy that you kind of love to hate and he's so bad and um but he's funny bad but at the mm -hmm. end of the day he's a murderer that preys on children and even if his pursuit of money and power comes from his 
daddy issues and insecurities and um and and also coupled with not getting the girl uh and feeling like he's stuck being bad even if he wants to change he's still bad and um that's just i mean you can't unring that that murderous bell mm. One more episode to go, and I'm not ready to say goodbye to the characters or the podcast, but I'm grateful it is ending in such an epic way. See you on the other side next week. Love, Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. So uh, that's the end of Maddie's email, but uh, you have to go right now. But we just wanted to tell you thank you so much for helping create this show. And uh, I don't know if you have any like final word on uh, on the show, you know, on the fandom in general. Uh, any, any sort of... Uh, Shout out you want to do uh, to, you know, the iZombie oh. community and all that. <laughs> I will get so emotional. Like, even you just said that. I was like, oh, shit. Don't get crackly with your voice, <laughs> Diane. But it's been, I mean, it's just been such a fun ride. And I love, I love everyone we've worked with so much, genuinely. And that doesn't, doesn't happen a lot where you have, you know, a cast that is so lovely and gets along so well that you genuinely consider friends and, and you know everyone that we worked with the crew and and but our fans have been amazing and they've been so loyal and have made it so fun and um it's such an unlikely show to be on here for five years mm-hmm. but and i was just talking about it with um a, another writer who actually um uh, left us the show last season and we were talking about already like how much we miss it and so how often do you get to do a show where your lead character has a different personality every episode and you spend time in the room thinking about what zombies would do and, and coming up with brain ideas while also coming up with a mystery and having such amazing actors. It's just been a fantastic ride. And I'm so grateful to the fans and I'm so happy people liked it. And I, I hope they continue to watch it, even though it's, over <laughs> yeah and um and i just want to say thank you and i've uh had a really amazing time uh you know like i said most of my son's life i've been doing uh this show and he you know he thinks rose is his girlfriend <laughs> um he, he thinks rose as a zombie is his, his girlfriend uh, regular <laughs> rose is just that nice lady that comes here sometimes um but um I can't wait till he's old enough to see how cool it was and to, uh, I can't wait to share it with him and, uh, show him, show it to him. It's something that I, uh, look forward to. I think maybe eight. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited. That's the, that's the thing that I'm really kind of looking forward to. And, um, I hope some of our fans with young kids will do that one day themselves. So, mm-hmm. um, Thank you guys so much again. You've been wonderful. And uh, I have to say, it's wonderful that you do this. I love that you do this. And it's also so therapeutic for me because, you know, you write these episodes or you're kind of in a vacuum. And especially if you're not like the showrunner or like famous, like you kind of just do it. And then you're like, hi, I have a feeling about this. Where do I put it? (laughs) Um, So it's so nice to um, get to kind of unpack it and talk about it and uh, feel like it's important because it is you know, important to the, it is important to me. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's important. I gained five pounds every time I read an episode. So it's like, is, is this five pounds worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. So, um, this is a well-earned five pounds. So, um, but thank you guys so much. You're, you're lovely and, um, so supportive and I really appreciate all that you've done. All right. We want to again, thank Diane Ruggiero Wright. 
for coming onto our podcast and, um, and and talking with us for so long. It was so much fun, and uh, honestly, I, I almost want to like develop another podcast as soon as she does another thing because I'm going to miss talking to her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we do have a, a couple more of your uh, your feedback to go here. Um, it might be a couple we might be reading next week um, because as far as I know, we don't have a guest next week. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so uh, did you want to read uh, this one from Darren? I can read Darren's. Can't believe it's almost over. Here are some thoughts. Liv, Ravi, and Clive working together. Um, breaking in and getting the utopian recipe was a fun idea. It was a nice twist. And Ravi on Russian hacker brain was a nice bit of comic relief. <laughs> 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 they have been toying with it all season, but it seems that Liv and Major are going to get back together. I would just have, I would have, I would have, I would have just been happy as long as they were friends. I would have just been, really I would have. Now. I would have just been happy as long as they were friends, but it looks like they will be back together. Yeah. Blaine has to die now in the finale, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> in the past, he has been the big bad, but there was something about his schemes that had you caring about his character. And after last week, though, after last week, though, his character, in my opinion, is totally irredeemable. Yeah. Looking forward to yeah. Looking forward to seeing how this all plays out in the finale. I'll miss the show, but it gave us five seasons of great episodes that live on in my iTunes library. I also took, I also look forward to seeing how the careers of the stars go. A very talented cast that I'll have big futures. Yeah. Darren, yeah, I agree. Can't <sighs> wait to see what everybody does next. Well, I mean, the only thing I really know about is David Anders is going to be on uh, The Magicians. But other than that, I mean, I know Raul is voicing in Game uh, Gears of War. Uh, I almost said Game of Thrones. <laughs> Not that. Um, but uh, and yeah, I'm sure Rose is up to something. I know she's filming something. She was directing something, but it might have been like a a short film. Um, yeah, uh, I know Buckley is going to be in a Hallmark movie, so that should be fun. <laughs> And we, have, of course, have Christmas Prince 3 to look forward to. Oh, <laughs> uh, Robert Buckley in a Hallmark movie. Is this like a Christmas Hallmark movie? Probably. Oh, so just like, like catnip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me zip through these Facebook ones, okay? And then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to next week on iZombie. Okay. Okay. Steven says, love Clive's dance moves. His line about putting stolen jewelry in a black man's pocket in the South was gold. Everyone out. Everyone acted so well this episode. Blaine is being diabolical, and I hate how much he is scheming, but I love his character development. David Andrews is phenomenal. My heart is still hurting for Donnie. I hope he learns the truth and gives Blaine what he deserves. Frank, the Peyton fan, is back and commenting on our uh, Facebook. Frank says, hey guys, I know it's been a long time since I left feedback, but work has taken over my life the past three years. First off, Peyton has made it to the end. Although it got really scary towards the end of the episode. I know Blaine is an evil jerk, but I can't believe he's evil enough to point a gun at Peyton. That's the most tragic thing to happen on a Rob Thomas show this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can't believe the show is ending, but I'm happy that they got to tell the full story. Very excited for next week's episode. James has a bunch to say here. Let me see. 
This was a very odd episode. Very little of what happened is something I saw coming. First off, is the CDC guy stealing the cure? Uh, is That wasn't a question. It is the CDC guy stealing the cure. Yes, I saw potential problems with having the CDC do the cure work, but that isn't the prob- this isn't the problem I was foreseeing. Smiley face. I knew the heist scenario that came as a result was not realistic, but in retrospect, I think it will seem funnier when I rewatch it. Hmm, okay. I thought it was hilarious all three times I watched it. Anyway. Yeah, so great. <laughs> second, it looks like Martin failed to armor up all the way. That said, why the heck did he just stand there for the second shot he's talking about last week? Let's move on. Uh, third, I could not see how Major was going to survive after Akira was distributed and Fillmore Graves was out of power. After all, he was the public face of Fillmore Graves and reasonably was going to be held accountable for their actions. He's probably still not totally out of the woods, but his position seems a lot better now, assuming he manages to survive. Finally, hooray to Blaine for hitting a new low. He didn't kill Donnie, so he still has a way to sink. Wait, a way to sink. However, next week, they will announce the cure just before he gets ready to harvest his first phralic brain. And finally, Zoe says, this episode right here almost made me cry and tugged at some heartstrings. One, thank you for the kiss scene between Liv and Major, total fangirl moment. Two, almost died when the Fillmore Graves van exploded. My heart sank seeing Major hurt. But above all, best episode ever. I wish it wasn't ending. And she has a cry face emoji. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I wish I could have read that to Diane, but she did have to go. Um, but, uh, I'm sure she'll be listening. Um, so let's talk about next time on iZombie and we'll play, uh, the episodes, sorry, I should say series finale, all's well that ends well. Mm. And here's the promo. This Thursday, it's the iZombie series finale. Everything has led to this. All it takes is a scratch. The iZombie series finale, Thursday, 8, 7 central on The CW. And that was the promo for the series finale, All's Well That Ends Well. The description is, series finale, the human versus zombie war finally comes to a head. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's vague. Jason Bloom directed the episode written by Rob Thomas. Uh, I will say last week I did a beat by beat breakdown of this pre- the preview. Mm-hmm. It turned out a lot of what I was pre- predicting came true um, this week. But <laughs> it did. It, now that was not the bunker. You were thinking that that was the CDC. The CDC. Yeah, right. It was. It ended up being the CDC. It was not the the. It was the a, bunker. It was the CDC. It, it was a bunker that. Yeah, that was a little confusing. It was a, a bunker that Saxon was storing it in, but it wasn't the actual CDC. But yeah, the CDC. But I it, was it was like a CDC the, branch or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't the uh, the the bunker from the beginning of the season. Right. From the oh, tech company. Oh, right. No, I didn't. I don't think I predicted that they were going to break into that bunker. That's next episode, right? <laughs> yeah, you're off. predicting that. The, yeah, I don't think that. Oh, no, I'm not, not talking about predictions. Next. I was talking about how I went through the trailer last week, beat by beat, and uh-huh. predicted things like they were going to break into the CDC and have to steal back uh, the cure or, you know, the tainted utopian. But anyway, I just want to say 
I don't want to do that this week. I've watched the trailer <laughs> a couple times. I'm it's it looks very intense, very scary, very worrisome. I have a good idea who I think is going to die, and at least who I think that preview wants me to think is going to die. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that that person doesn't die. Well, I'm not going to say who it is on here because then I don't want if it's if it comes true, I don't want to be right. Oh well, like tell you what, I'll say it next week if uh, <laughs> if I, it comes true. Yeah, I mean, I, now I wonder if. If um, Major is is just a distraction, we're supposed to think that he could be a fatality mm. when, like Diane says, Peyton is the one we need to worry about. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But that that romantic scene with the kiss and the you know digging up the graves between Major and Liv seemed very final. All I know is you see in this trailer Liv running very emotionally and you see Ravi also running very emotionally. And <laughs> anyway, I don't want to say it, so I don't want to be right. So Yeah, uh, we don't know. And also, that's so weird, the, little, the shot of Liv in just a stark room yeah. saying that all it, all all it takes, takes is, is a scratch. scratch. Yeah. That's What's so going on there? That looks like a eerie. final scene right there. That looks like a yeah. final scene. And uh, again, this is why I didn't want to do beat by beat because I don't want to be right about anything. I just want to be surprised. I want to mm-hmm. enjoy it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Low pressure. No pressure. No pressure. Um, as for us, we'll have one more, obviously, podcast for the finale where we don't have any special guests for that. It's just going to be me and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, breaking it down for you and having our discussion and saying goodbye to the series together. And uh, that's going to be emotional. We're probably going to cry. And uh, I don't even know. Oh, are we? Oh. Speak for yourself. We're, okay, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Steph's going to be like, God, man up. <laughs> so glad this is almost over. <laughs> no. Uh, but, um, we will definitely appreciate we've we've gotten uh, a couple of emails you know kind of saying about the podcast and talking to us personally and uh i gotta say we really eat that stuff up so <laughs> <laughs> having it be the final uh uh podcast uh, we will definitely appreciate your feedback next week um and also, I do want to say that we will have a uh, post-mortem podcast where it will just be me talking to Mr. Rob Thomas. Uh, Who? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob, uh, the man, uh, will be coming on the, the show to kind of give a, again, like a post-mortem of uh, iZombie. And uh, maybe even, might, might even fire some Veronica questions at him. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, and you know, if there's anything that you want to hear, uh, about from him, as long as it's not like a long diatribe, I'm supposed to read. <laughs> if you want to ask him a question, feel free to email us and, uh, just kind of put Rob Thomas, uh, in the, in the, in the subject line. But, uh, wow. We did it though. I mean, last episode review before the finale. Are you kidding me? We did it. You did it, dude. You are the best. No way. I could not have done this without you. I take all these notes, but you're here every week just bringing your A game. 
yeah, but you reached out to Diane, and she was on our podcast again, and she's the greatest, and it was the greatest because you're the greatest. Dude, you are the greatest. You came to the podcast, and you just owned it, you know? You took ownership of that conversation. It belonged to you. Sign the deed to the conversation over to Stephanie Smith, owner of Conversations. <laughs> No way, bro. You own everything. You own the podcast. You own the website. You own all of our subscribers. You own everything. I don't know what else to say. You are the greatest. This podcast is the greatest. This show is the greatest. I'm so jacked right now. How am I supposed to sleep after this conversation? Uh, 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 well, we might want to try some Russian hacker. Uh, here, I'll have some. And you have some. Uh, take a bite. Much better. So, you looking forward to finale? You? Ish. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at L. Robin Yarrow. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan. Check out our other podcasts. You can listen to us binge watch through great shows like Dawson's Creek, Smallville, Veronica Mars, and When I Zombie Ends, Gilmore Girls. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated. And the only payment we ask are your kind words. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Seth. And we're done. You think anyone's still listening? Oh, they totally are. Bye, zombie. Live forever!